Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. And welcome to the Record Rangers podcast. I'm Johnny McFarlane, and today I'm joined by the Sunday Mail's Scott McDermott and the Daily Records' Gavin Berry. Today on Record Rangers, we answer your questions after a tumultuous week for the club, which has already seen the departure of manager Graham Murty. We take a detailed look at the former manager's time in charge and assess the likelihood of his return to his former role. And will Stevie G ride to the rescue? Can Rangers seal the deal with the Liverpool legend and what can he bring to Scottish football? Scott, before we start the main podcast with uh, Gavin Berry and yourself, um, just as we were uh, finishing up recording, we realised that the breaking news was Paul Murray and Barry Scott have resigned from the Rangers board. It's yet more tumult uh, in the corridors of power at Ibrox. How do you react to this immediately? Um, surprised, Johnny. Uh, shocked, actually, particularly at Paul Murray's resignation. I mean, I have to say, I don't know too much about Barry Scott. Uh, I've never never spoke to him. Obviously, he came on the board uh, at Ibrox more recently, but no, I've been dealt with Paul Murray a couple of times, having spoken to him, uh, and obviously I know people that are, that are closer to him than I am. I mean, he is a guy who undoubtedly has the best interests of Rangers at heart. I mean, I know, uh, I actually worked at the, when I was working at the Daily Record at the time when when Paul Murray was doing everything in his power to try and uh, kind of oust the previous regime at Ibrox for, for obvious reasons uh, that we all know about now. Um, and he worked so hard to get in there, make a difference, make changes, get good people, uh, people with Rangers at heart, uh, into the club and onto the board so I mean despite it being uh, a turbulent time obviously for the club at the moment um, uh, no, I'm really surprised today that, that, that Paul Murray's decided to step down and obviously Rangers have, have put a statement out there doesn't seem to be any kind of any indication or any suggestion as to who will replace Paul and the board or where they where they can go from, go from here but I think it has to be a no, it has to be a worry, and you no, know, most Rangers fans reading it will probably think, no, that no, there, there seems to be a bit of uh, a bit of a divide in there because if, as I say, if he's if he's going to step down for that that position, then it's a, it's a big surprise. So the the statement from Rangers reads: um, Rangers International Football Club PLC notify the resignations of two directors, Mr. Paul Murray and Mr. Barry Scott. Paul has been a director since March 2015 and has played an important role at that time in helping oust the previous board and restore the club to the hands of those who have its best interests at heart. Paul has served with distinction as a director since that time and all at Rangers are very grateful for his efforts. We look forward to welcoming him again as a supporter. Barry joined the board more recently and his enthusiasm and drive were welcome. The board knows it will continue to enjoy his support and appreciates the commitment he has shown to the club. It strikes me that the timing of this 
is more important than the information itself because you would think that in the middle of a high-profile manager search, in terms of looking at a figure like Steven Gerrard, who's one of the most uh, media-intensive uh, characters in the whole of, of uh, British football, that they would maybe want to release this information at a later date once that had been signed and sealed. Yeah, it does does seem a bit strange. I mean, that as you say, the board are currently in, in negotiations with, with Stephen Gerrard. No, Gerrard admitted that himself last night. Also, Paul Murray is a guy no, away from football who is a no, very intelligent, very qualified guy who's held no, high-ranking posts at big, no, big corporate organisation so from the outside you would know I would certainly think that, that, that fans would want a guy like that you know, involved in these in these negotiations and trying to get Gerald to the uh, and try to get Gerald to the club so I think you're right it's obviously been a turbulent time no there is a state of turmoil after the old firm defeats the the suspensions of, of Lee Wallace and Kenny Muller and obviously yesterday the um the kind of sacking of, of Graham Murty as manager. So for this to come out the day, um, today in the midst of uh, these negotiations with, with Stephen Gerrard seems seems a bit odd. Well, you know, uh, we've just heard this information, so what we're going to do is we're going to continue on with the main pod and obviously you can keep up to date with uh, the fallout from this story as it develops on our various uh, news channels, be it Twitter, Facebook or on Daily Record website. Guys, it's been a hell of a week, uh, I think it's fair to say. Scott, um, first of all, let's talk about um, let's talk about Kilmarnock and their manager. No, I'm only kidding, I'm only kidding, I don't want to start that, that social media backlash all over again. No, we're going to talk about Graham Murty. Uh, obviously, he's been relieved of his duties, to quote the Rangers uh, statement. Uh, how do you look back on his tenure? Yeah, listen, Gra- Graham Murty didn't apply for the, the Rangers manager's job, he didn't ask to get it. Uh, by the same token, no, I don't think he's, he's uh, his arms were held up against his against his back no when they asked him to when they asked him to get in there. I think we spoke before that no, there was there was small things that Graham Murty did that we quite liked. Uh, certain games um Rangers played really well in. I think Murty had a, had a big part to play in that. Um I don't doubt he's a good coach. One day he might well become a good manager if he's not been completely traumatised by the last uh, the last nine months uh, and everything he's gone through at Ibrox. But ultimately, no, was he the man that was really going to take take Rangers forward? Was he the man that was going to go toe to toe with Brendan Rodgers um, and get Rangers back to the top of the league? We now know uh, that certainly wasn't wasn't going to be the case. Um, He's not completely blameless. We've spoke many a time about no the mistakes that he's made. I think he's been too reluctant at times to change Rangers' system for a start uh, when things aren't working during games. I don't think he's. Uh, I don't think he, he was quick enough to to make decisions, make big decisions, and go and change things. Um, no certain players that he left out. <coughs> Bruno Alves probably been the most. Obvious one seemed to struggle to get a game under Murphy when a lot of people felt he should be, he should definitely be in the team. And unfortunately for Graham Murphy, his time 
is going to be remembered for you know, two of the worst old firm defeats uh, in Rangers history, you know, the 4 0 at Hamden and then the 5 0 at Celtic Park. Should, should the Rangers board have allowed him to continue to take that second game? Because a lot of us were saying after the 4 0 defeat at, uh, in the semi final that that was the, the nadder, you know, you couldn't get any worse than that. So that, there had to be a statement made that, that, that took him out the firing line at that point. I think that, that especially um, after what happened post match, you know, with the. Obviously, the row in the the changing room or the the discussion debate, whatever you want to call it, uh, in terms of Lee Miller and uh, in terms of Lee Wallace and Kenny Miller, and the suspensions that followed, I think it would have been right to take Marty out of the firing line after that. I think it was unlikely after everything that had gone on after that game. It was highly unlikely that he was somehow going to you know, gather the troops and get a get a performance out of them. I know they beat Hearts in between, but. It was uh, Hearts uh, probably the worst performance I've ever seen at Ibrox yeah. in the last couple of years. Yeah, in terms of in terms of going to Celtic Park <clears throat> on the day that Celtic were going to be no going to be winning the title um, after everything that had gone on at Hamden, as I say, I think it was very unlikely that Murty was going to get a going to get a response from. Gav, um, it would be remiss of us not to um, discuss the fact that myself and Scott and a few others that have been on this podcast were. Uh, positive about Murty up to the point uh, I think after the 3-2 game at Ibrox because obviously I think they'd had seven games in a row that they'd won yeah. things were looking good in terms of the football positive messages coming out of the camp mm-hmm. how has it gone so spectacularly wrong since that game? I mean it's incredible to think that, that, that one defeat could be so damaging but I just think psychologically and he, he said it himself it was the manner of that defeat the manner of that three-dude defeat at Ibrooks simply sucked all the, uh, the life out of Rangers and Murty himself. That's why I don't have as much sympathy. I know some people are you know, saying that they feel sorry for Graham Murty. I don't really have that much sympathy for him, to be honest, because, well, for a start, it would take home a few... It would take home a bit of a payoff. Um, but if you think back to somebody like Kenny McDowell, who was thrust into a similar situation... And you remember, I think there was a Hibs game, Easter Road, and he did the post-match interview and he looked gone. He was a man that didn't didn't want to be there. So I had sympathy for him. He didn't ask to be put in the position. Graham Murty wanted the chance to be the Rangers manager. He was quite happy, you know, to talk himself up, particularly leading up to that Rangers, uh, uh, to that old firm game at Ibrooks. He was talking himself up, talking up their chances. Everything was positive. He thought he had a chance of getting the job. If he'd won... That day, um, he may well, we may well be talking about a guy who got the job, but because that's that's the fine margin you're talking about. I think, I think, Gav's, but, I think Gav's hit the nail on the head with the psychological damage that day. I mean, the players to play as well as they did, you no, know, compared to previous old firm games, and at times in that game, to have Celtic really on the on the back foot and have them in the rack, to then go and lose it. 3-2 and there was also question marks 3-2 to 10 men there was then also question marks about some of Marty's decisions you know, when Celtic went down to 10 men should they have done this should they have done that no questions started to be raised and for them to lose that game I think Gav's right it just it, it scarred it, it has scarred those players but what so I don't much. understand but about that guys is Rangers played well in that game mm-hmm. now if I was the manager I'd be going in there and showing them that game and saying 
look at all these things you did yeah, that yeah, was significantly better than the yeah, previous old firm. But you've, got, but you've got to remember the record, the, the old firm record at that time was so. I mean, at the start of this season, I think Brendan Rodgers had said, you know, they'll be scarred. You know, the Rangers players yeah. will be scarred by what happened last season. And that is the thing. They are, they are scarred. So I think when you play that well and you don't win, I think yeah. mentally you start to say, what more do we need exactly. to do here? And I think in their head, they'd probably just say, you know, we, we can't do any more. Celtic had just beaten them up psychologically. But to go back to Graham Murty, the point I was making earlier is he wanted the job. He was talking himself up for the job. You can't have it both ways. When it goes horribly wrong, you can't then turn around and say, oh, I'm only a youth team manager and I should never have been put in this position. He wanted the chance. He was given the chance. He should yeah. be grateful that he got the chance and, he, and ultimately he blew it. We can't. You know, the old firm has a habit of spitting managers out. I mean, well, how many times have we seen guys I like think, that? I think, once, I think once he got the job, granted, he talked himself up and he fancied it. You know, because he'd probably at the start, he did see see him getting a reaction at the players. You know, these were players that were obviously desperate to see the back of Pedro Cachina. So, I mean, anything would have been an improvement on that. And I think initially the reaction or the response to Murty would have been good. And Gav's right. Once he was in the the hot seat, I think you no, know, he thought I fancy this, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go for it. But I don't think when when Graham Murphy turned up at Ibrox, he had any great kind of grand designs on being the you no know, being the Rangers manager. I think it was pretty comfortable being the you no know, the under twenties coach and working in the the academy. So I I do feel slightly sorry for him that you no know, after uh, after failing to get Derek McInnes so spectacularly. I mean, Murty was thrust into the, the limelight. I don't think at that point Graham Murty had any intention of being being the Rangers manager, but the board made such a hash of the, the McInnes thing. They needed to do something quickly. I don't think, <coughs> despite what Mark Allen says about having a list of other candidates, I don't think there was any other viable candidates after McInnes and no, they made a snap decision. Murty was never going to turn it down, and all of a sudden, no, he was in the, the kind of public, public glare, if you like. Well, yeah. let's yeah. Take, just take a moment just to um, touch on um, Murty's strengths in the role because it is easy to get carried away with the negatives. And, and as I say, we were pushing the the positive aspects. Um, Gav, what what was it about dealing with Graham Murty that that you found um, were the positive as- aspects of of him in the role? Well, uh, in certain press conferences, he was very courteous for a start, which is all you can ask for when you ask questions. And he didn't duck. He didn't duck anything. Um, you know, he would always give you a straight answer, which, which I liked. And, and he was actually generally just a, a likeable guy. Yeah, exactly. uh, a big contrast just, for Pedro Cachina in press conferences in terms of the, the theatre and, the, and the, the circus-like atmosphere that they descended into when Cachina was there. Whereas well, Murty brought it down to a more yes, a, a more traditional Rangers manager absolutely, type atmosphere. Absolutely, because with Pedro Cachina, I mean, actually, Pedro Cachina was a likeable guy, isn't he? He's probably the type of guy you would want to go out for a pint with, but maybe just not managing your, your football club. <laughs> Um, uh, but yeah, you're right because I mean you came away a lot of the time from Pedro Cachina's press conferences scratching your head and wondering what 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 is he trying to get at here? And you did all I did wonder from very early on, thinking if we're confused, you know, what, what are players going to be like? You know, if he's delivering these yeah. messages to players, or, and once you start, just keep it simple. Just keep it simple. 
Marty's a decent. Marty's a decent guy. You said that, Scott, privately, didn't you? He was a He's a really good guy to deal with. That's my view of him. I mean, honestly, I wouldn't say a bad word against the guy. Gav's right in press conferences in terms of dealing with him. Uh, even over in America uh, in pre-season, he was decent to, to deal with. Um, so no no complaints at all in that regard. But the, he, he's, he went into the job, as we know, very, very inexperienced. A couple of things he did and said were a wee bit naive. I mean, even right up until Sunday, just looking at social media, well, fans were, were going apoplectic No, he's... Pretty much mm-hmm. comments about I think he was asked no how big it is for him and he said oh it's nothing to do with me I just stand on the sideline I mean yeah. that's just no the thing no. to say yeah. to Rangers fans no. on, a, on a, a day of the old firm game so yeah. there was wee things like that where he'll probably look back in months to come and think God no what was I thinking about yeah. I had to be I had to be more professional than it you were talk- you were asking earlier how it could go so badly wrong after that old firm defeat but. It comes down to experience of of dealing with a situation like that. If you remember in Walter Smith's final season, Celtic beat Rangers 3-0 at Parkhead. Uh, I think it just came after Celtic had also beaten them in the Cup. But it looked as if Walter Smith's final season in charge was going down after that 3-0 defeat. In the following week, Davy Weir had written his captain's message in the programme notes and he, he let the cat out of the bag that Walter had um, called a team meeting after that old firm game and really hammered home the message uh, but he rescued the situation and he'd used all, all of all of his experience after that old firm defeat which was heavier than Graham Murty's one recently to get them back on and I think that was a problem that Graham Murty didn't have the experience once he lost that game to get the players back on side. I wonder if he should have came out after that 3-2 game and said it's my fault I take the I take the pressure off the players and, and said, you know, I got it wrong at 2-2. We were in that game. We would have won that game. I've learned from it. We move on. Yeah, maybe. De- deflect away from the players, get them confident again. It just seemed like maybe he missed a trick with that because, as I say, you watch that game, if you're not uh, in, in with the bricks in Scottish football, if you're from down south, you'd say those teams are pretty close uh, based on that one game. Yeah, uh, that, that was the game Stephen Gerrard was at. So, I mean, he would have seen, he would have seen things that day no, that would have made him. No, that given him encouragement. Um, just need to hope he didn't watch the, the following to. Do you think Scott that um, <laughs> you'll end up back in the under twenties job? I'm not sure. Um, I think there's a chance. I mean, I think most people will, will write him off now and say no. He'll just leave. <laughs> he'll just go away. Uh, can I lick his wounds and? No, he'll wash up somewhere in England in an academy job or, or an R under twenties job or whatever. But I think there's a and that could happen, but I think there's a small chance. And the reason I say that is when Murty spoke to us last week, we kinda got him to try and reflect, you no, know, if it doesn't go well and if you get at the end of the season the job's not yours, you no, know, what what will you be thinking? And he he just said no, he would take a bit of time to consider everything, but he felt he would look at it and just think, what am I really good at? No, what 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 do I enjoy doing and where are my strengths? And I think if he's honest with himself at this moment in his career, he'll probably say that his strengths are working with working with young players or working in a in an academy environment. If he does that and that job's still open to him, he seems no, him and his family seem relatively happy in Glasgow. It's just whether he wants to be around the place after everything 
after everything that's uh, that's going on. And that's a big question mark. If if he can't if he can't cope with that, which would be understandable, then he'll obviously move on. I think it'd be better with a clean break, because you know, yeah. I mean you're, you're kicking about Murray Park and all that. Yeah. People are always going to look at you as the man who messed it up towards yeah. the end of your your big chance. But I do always remember Neil Lennon when he was promoted from that youth team job and he replaced Tony Mowbray. Um, after he was sacked towards the end of the season, he said well, a couple of weeks of the season ago, before it was clear he was getting the job, I couldn't go back to reserve yeah. team management now because I've had that taste of the, the, the adrenaline rush of the first team. He says, I just couldn't go back to it now. It wouldn't satisfy me. But I think he's probably a different character from Graham Murty. And yeah. Neil Lennon loves, you know, he loves the challenge, you know. I don't think Murty's quite the same, is he? No. The, the other thing I'd say about Murty, just you talk about coming out post-match, I mean, I thought it was the wrong thing to do from you know, the, the whole club's point of view and not to speak after the, the old firm game mm-hmm. last week. Um, See, I, I, just, th- I just thought it showed, again, no lack of leadership. They, they, they obviously lack leadership on the pitch. To me, that showed a lack of leadership, lack of class off the pitch. I well. wonder if that would be a typical pressman's reaction, Scott, and I thought maybe the fans would have a different take on it because I think, you know, us in the media, we obviously want people to front up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But actually, I've spoken to a number of Rangers fans and they were adamant and, and on, on board yeah. with you that it was cowardless yeah. because yeah. Rangers should have put a Jimmy Nicol or a James Tavernier, who's supposed to be the captain, they yeah. should have fronted up. Absolutely. Well, if there was an issue with Murty in terms of the... the you know, he's emotional he's state. An emotional, how, he's an emotional state yeah. based on based on the previous old yeah, firm game yeah, yeah, okay. where he, he he seemed emotional after the game. If if you don't want to put him through that again because he seems in a similar uh, condition, yeah. then why not put Jimmy Nicol forward? Why yeah. not put James Tavernier forward? And actually, it's changed my mind. I agree with you. Yeah, 100%. yeah, right. Yeah, we had no reason not. Well, to I think in the, in the history of uh, apart from the fact that the SPFL regulations say that you should always send somebody up. Yeah. Um, I don't think in the history of the old firm fixture has a manager or, or a representative from one of the clubs not attended the post-match press conference. Listen, after the Rangers lost 5-1 at Celtic when Mark Warburton was in charge, no, and that was a disastrous day. No, you think Joey Barton, Philip Senderos, I mean, a horrendous day for Rangers. Not, not that bad in comparison to what's come since. Well, exactly. <laughs> um, but Mark Warburton came in that day after the game no, it was a wee, I remember him being a wee bit tetchy, uh, particularly when when asked about when asked about Joey Barton. But yeah. but more importantly, what I remember about that day is that Lee Wallace came in as captain after the after that game and spoke brilliantly about how badly Rangers had performed, how they'd let everyone down, and how they were going to get away and try and learn from it and and come back better the next time. Wallace. As as I think he, he always does, um, spoke really well that day. And as you say, if even if it wasn't the manager, no, even if no Graham Murty knew his time was up uh, full time on Sunday, he could he could have at least sent the the captain, and I'm sure James Tavernier would have been no would have been fine coming in and uh, and talking away to it. So um, I, I think and congratulating your rivals on winning. You can't do that. I mean, the real politics of the situation is you can't do that. That would have been a, a terrible PR move. I know that morally it's the right thing to do, yeah. but the last thing the Rangers fans <laughs> want to hear after having beat four nil, been beaten uh, four nil comprehensively yeah. in the semi final, and then five nil. Yeah. Even more comprehensively, yeah. is the only thing to come out the club to be well done, Celtic. I just no, no. I'm, I'm talking about no. as well as the apology and everything else, and say you know. But I, I can totally see the the, the the strategy, what the PR guys are thinking there, which is 
you're better to have a vacuum uh-huh. than than people coming out and then becoming a lightning rod for frustration and yeah. and, and, and all the rest sure. of that. I think the vacuum makes it worse. Yeah, I think the vacuum. You, you know, it depends on the like, length of time between the vacuum and the announcement of the next manager. Uh, perhaps if they thought it was going to be sooner, you know. Yeah, well, that had to have been Monday morning. Yeah, I mean, any later than Monday morning, then it becomes a problem. I think that has become a become a problem for them. Um, yeah. And I, I go back to it that no. You didn't need to come out. I'm not saying MD should have come out and said, oh, well done, Celtic. No, congratulate you on this and that. No, you could have come out and said, listen, Celtic are top of the league for a reason. They're, they're the best team. We've been unable to, to to catch them. And here's here's why. Here's what we need to improve on. It wasn't good enough, etc., etc. There was a way of doing it and just blanking everybody, just ignoring it. That That's that's not the way to do it. Yeah. Okay, um, just in terms of the replacements for uh, Graham Murty, Jimmy Nicholl and Jonathan, Jonathan Johansson, there seems to be their co-managers. That in terms of the statement, there was no sense of one leading the other. Um, Does it really or, matter? I was going to say, we see with three games to go, yeah. just put... Uh, it's, three impo- it's three massively yeah, no, important no, I know, games. I know, but there's only so much you can do in that short space of time. If you decide that Graham Murty isn't the man to lead them, once you've made the decision, he goes... Then Jimmy Nicholl and Jonathan Johansson are the only really two options you've got them there. You just you put them in, and they, it's now up to it's now about the reaction of the players. I don't think, yeah, I don't think it's going to matter too much. Who's the, you know, within reason, Jimmy Nicholl and Jonathan Johansson experienced enough. Personally, I would have put in John Brown, yeah, because here's a guy that would have gone in and would have booted them up and down. Would have made them know what it's all about. Yeah. They might not have liked it. It's only for three games. Well, but you're saying it's the important games. What if that backfires? I mean, that tactic that that's a that's a risky tactic. That it is. But <laughs> the problem you have with leaving them in charge is it's more of the same. And if well, is it more of the same? Because we don't know how much Jimmy Nickel and Marty were on the same page. Well, and it <laughs> depends on how much of an influence Jimmy Nickel has with Jonathan Johansson and yeah. who has the because I mean people yes. were making the observation in the 4-0 defeat at Hamden you know that you know Jimmy Nicholl was trying to get messages to Murty and he was caught on camera as just kind of brushing him to the side so we don't know I mean remember mm. they were, they were kind of thrown together it's not like Murty chose Jimmy Nicholl so <laughs> but maybe Jimmy Nicholl will relish the chance to you know implement more of his own ideas maybe he didn't feel his voice was being heard yeah. it is a ridiculous situation though I mean you've now got a an interim manager replacing an interim manager. Um, well, two, I, two interim yeah, managers. which I can't remember happening too often. No, we all due respect to Jimmy Nicol. Great guy. Uh, don't doubt he's a good a good coach. But I mean, I think his last his last uh, job was at, at Cowden Beef. I mean, that's where Rangers are at the moment. As you say, three important games. Uh, they're left with Jimmy Nicol in charge. <laughs> I'm struggling to see how. No, two guys that have already that have been there no, throughout this kind of multi episode and Jonathan Johansson's case even before that when, when Pedro Cachinha was there I'm struggling to see how they're going to galvanise this squad and get a reaction to go and beat teams who by all accounts are in are in decent form and are in fine fail Gav you've mm-hmm. been you've got a few mates that are Rangers fans so I'm going to put this to you how do you think they will react going into the cup final if they're relying on a Celtic victory to send them into Europe. To send them into Europe. Do you think they would uh, be supporting Celtic in that game? Surely. <laughs> Surely they would have to. I, I don't think did so. They, did they want to get into Europe after what happened last year? Well, that's it. No, surely they would have to. You would have to. Cheering them on to history. 
Yeah. They get bit, half and half scores. It'd be a bizarre. Um, uh, maybe you could fund would, that, Gavin. It would be a bizarre scenario. Yeah. Um, I suppose that's uh, the nature of Scottish football, though it does throw up these uh, terrific banter moments. Well, we're going to move on to Stephen Gerrard. Where else? Scott, you had the story in the Sunday Mail. It's happening. It's on the verge. It's on the brink. Uh, what's the latest? Certainly Saturday night, uh, all the information that we had was that it was it was very close. Um, no, as Stephen Gerrard said himself last night, positive talks had taken place. Um, he looked very, very comfortable yeah. in discussing it, didn't he? Yeah. Um, as I say, that the info was that there was only a few things to iron out. Uh, and no, he would agree. There was talk of a three-year deal, talk of... Uh, Gary McAllister obviously coming in as his as his number two. Um, personally, I thought, no, from ev- everything I heard on Saturday night, I thought it would have been done by now. But I'm not sure whether uh, Gerard's involvement with, with BT Sport over these two nights with the Champions League semi-finals has has complicated matters slightly, or, or at least delayed it. Um, and as I said last night it looks as though they'll pick the talks up on Thursday and from Rangers point of view they'll just be desperate now to get it over the line and get it done Friday's by the Friday's the day isn't it Gav Friday's the day because um, he comes back obviously from Rome yep. either late Wednesday night or th- yeah. Thursday mm-hmm. you would think that there was a few eyes uh, to dot and T's to cross and then yeah. you would think maybe Friday would be the day and if, if it's not happened by Friday Friday no it's a big well, worry. It's, it's, it would it's, be a big worry for well, Rangers. It's, it's a great position for him, Stephen Gerrard, to be in, isn't it? I mean, he can be relaxed about it. He knows Rangers are absolutely desperate and Rangers need to get it over the line. So he holds all the aces here. Um, it would concern me slightly that it's taken so long. And even last night, you know, uh, when he's talking about it, he, I know he's contractually obliged, obviously. To, to appear for BT Sport, but there was this kind of thing, you know. Oh, well, I mean, I've been busy, you know, I'm, I'm busy for a couple of days, but I'll get round to it on Thursday. And you're thinking it just shows you how much the, the position has changed of the Rangers manager's job. I mean, people at one time would have been falling over themselves to, to, to get the <coughs> Rangers job, and here's him saying, Well, I've got a couple of things in my plate, but you know, I'll, I'll get round to it when I've got time. You're thinking, I think is, that, is, that, be... is that unfair on him? Well, I think he was trying to be coy, trying to be. Uh, can fulfil his contractual obligations, but also yeah. be respectful. And you know, it's a short sign, but I, I think you're yeah. reading too much in it, to be honest, Gav. If they don't get over, if they don't get this over the line, though, it is a, it is a major worry, and it's a big, a big problem because, no, it's happened before. Obviously, the, the doomsday we, scenario. Yeah, I mean, it's happened before with Derek McInnes. We all thought. I mean, I'm saying on Saturday night. You know, you think that the Gerard deal was close. I mean, we were convinced at one point that the Derek McInnes deal was was going to be done, it didn't happen. I think there's been a few transfers that have kind of ended like that as well, even the ones they've got over the line, though, the, the Jamie Murphy one comes to mind when it dragged on and dragged on and eventually it goes for a, a transfer to a loan. I mean, the history, recent history isn't good for this board in terms of getting deals done quickly. Um, and it, it looks as if, no, it might be through no fault of their own, but it looks as if this one's going to drag on a wee bit as well, but I agree with you. I think if it gets to Friday, uh, no Friday night, and it and it's and it's still no done, then uh, if you're a Rangers fan, you maybe start to worry a wee bit. Yeah, I mean, if Stephen Gerrard's watched that game on Sunday, well, he will have watched it. He can turn around to the Rangers board now and say, "Look, look at the golf there. You know, I need X amount to to bridge that 
gap how you know how much you, if you were watching that game how much do you need how much money do you need to throw at that to, to conversely, and, and is the money there conversely if you're an elite athlete mm-hmm. who has lived his entire life succeeding mm-hmm. and being obsessed with high performance yeah. uh, with an enormous ego which you will have mm-hmm. um, I think you'd look at that and go I fancy this you know they can't get any worse than they are at the moment mm-hmm. um, I can go in there and it's low risk and I, I listen to a lot of the press coverage and uh, see a lot of the pundits talking about this being a massive risk for Gerard. I think we're, mm. we're missing the boat with that because I think if he comes in and has a John Barnes-like uh, spell yeah. he can turn around and say well it's a crisis club it's chaos behind the scenes you wouldn't believe what's going on up there um, there's you know Brendan Rodgers Celtic plenty of money they're in the Champions yeah. League you, you know we can't compete yeah. and he just he moves on, goes to yeah. a, an MK Dons or a championship club, which would still have him because his reputation down there wouldn't be diminished. Yeah. Um, and if he comes up here and yeah. he does well and he's a big success, he can say, well, I've gone to a super club, huge expectation, mm-hmm. huge uh, fan base. Yeah. Um, I'll have the Liverpool job, thank you very yeah. much. Yeah. that's When you point out scenario one there, that's fine if you're Stephen Gerrard, just saying he can just walk back down the road and say, oh, well, I failed, but that, you know, the, the club's a basket case. But... What about Rangers in that situation? What, what if scenario one pans out? Where do Rangers go from there then? Well, Rangers, <laughs> Rangers would have to, would have to at that point go for a, a a Scottish football experience figure yeah. to try and and, and steady the the ship. But I think for me, if you have the opportunity to get a by, by global then, a global superstar, yeah, but by then Celtic are on eight, and then. It's, it's a difficult one, but so there's no, there's there's absolutely no guarantees, no matter who you put in yeah. charge. Listen, we all thought yeah. Owen Coyle would be a fantastic manager for Ross County at the start yeah. of the season. Every one of us would have said yes. Didn't work out. I'm sure if we went back to 1998 or 97, when, whenever Wim Janssen was appointed as Celtic manager, we'd be going, Wim Janssen against Walter Smith when yeah. he spent £25 million in the transfer market? Yeah. No chance. I think often with managerial appointments, it is quite difficult to know yeah, how they is, will turn that, out. That's the whole point. People are jumping on this. You know, they're either going one way or another. You know, it's either he's a legend, he's an icon, he's going to come in and do this, come in and do that. Then you get a flip side where he's never managed before in his life. You know, he's an under-18s coach. It's a huge <sighs> gamble. There are pros and cons to Gerard coming in. You know, probably like every appointment, nobody, nobody knows how he's going to be as a manager. Nobody knows, so you can't say for definite either. But all you can do is outline the positives that you believe would be the case if Gerard came in. They are that you know, you're attracting a bona fide modern day legend to, to Rangers, a global star. No, let's let's not beat about the bush. That that's what they'd be getting. In that sense it would be a coup just to get them to Ibrooks. You spoke about no, his standards and no the high level of performance that he's been associated with throughout his his playing career. If any of that rubs off on the Rangers players in that dressing room who do have a bit about them and and no are talented enough to stay there and somehow mount a challenge. No, Gary McAllister going in, I think would be a good a good thing as well because he knows the scene. No, he, he's a Rangers fan. He knows he knows the club. There are there are plenty of positives. Then you have the the flip side, as we say, lack of experience, no managing a no a, a professional game, having to go up against Brendan Rodgers. 
and almost get instant success. You just don't know. Of course, it's a it's a huge risk, like every like every appointment. Um, but I just don't think you can jump on either side and say. I've heard a lot of people, you know, people saying this is a nonsense. What are Rangers doing? Idiocy. Yeah, I mean, I just don't know how you can. I don't know how you can say that. You can have an opinion that at this moment in time, Rangers need to go for an experienced head as opposed to someone like Gerald, who's never been a manager before. But getting an experienced head in doesn't no, does guarantee success. Yeah, I should clarify. I'm not just calling, saying what you're saying is idiocy. I'm saying that's what... So, so I've, I've read people describe it as idiocy. Um, Gav, you, I mean, you, you had a column uh, earlier on in the week where you weren't convinced by the idea of Gerrard. Um, what would be... Who would be your ideal... Rangers manager that is gettable that would be less of a gamble. Well, Derek McInnes at the time. I mean, we keep coming Aye, back he, to him. Yeah, he's, he's turned the club down, though, hasn't he? Yeah, but I mean, I suppose you could go back for him. I suppose Steve Clark. He doesn't want it. Connor Scott. Neil Warnock. <laughs> <laughs> Scott's given me the, the, the evil eye. Neil Warnock. Um, even the guy who's been mentioned, uh, Austersons, Graham Potter. You know, and, <laughs> That's but, a and you're saying you won't sell him to fans, but but he's 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 more experienced as a football manager Aye. than Steven Gerrard so I think well, the, he would be less of a risk it's how do you contextualise the experience so Graham Potter yes mm-hmm. he has more experience as a manager uh-huh. but a tiny club with no expectation mm-hmm. so is that experience as a manager at a club better than Stevie Gerrard's experience as a global icon of the game at one of the top clubs in world football yeah and, and also well, if Graham Potter and I'm not saying this is right or wrong but if Graham Potter Despite everything he's done at Austersons, if he walks into that Rangers dressing room, no, our Rangers players instantly gonna be gonna be hooked on the guy. Maybe, maybe not. See, when we did the video last week, but the issue about the players being, you know, gripped by the fact that Steven Gerrard and his status in the game. What we said was in pre-season, if he puts on his first few training sessions, it doesn't matter who you are. If 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 his methods aren't good and his sessions aren't good, players will quickly turn off. Whereas it could be reversed with somebody like a Graham Potter who might not be a name, but if he puts on training sessions and he clearly has got something about him because you look at the, his results in Europe this season and, and what he's even achieved at the club in a short space of time, I know it's not on the same scale. I know I know the point you're making, but um, if players like what they see, then they'll suddenly buy into it. The, the point is, we've discussed it before, there is no outstanding candidate for the job. I mean, unless... Neil Warnock. Well, you fancy you, Warnock. Uh, well, uh, you fancy, well yeah. Warnock's another name that's kicking about. Unless Walter Smith was somehow going to come back and try and... You know, even if it was for a season. Mm. Because, I mean, let's be honest, I think Walter Smith has done enough in his two spells at Rangers to... No, to make you think if he went in there again, even for a season, he would get a reaction, he'd get a response, he would make them more difficult to beat, he would tighten up the defence, he would deal with the media side of it a lot eh, a lot better than, than certainly Murti or, or Kashinia. Yeah. <coughs> These are pretty much guarantees, but he doesn't appear to no, be interested in it, so that's fine. I think yeah. after that... What about Chris Coleman, no? can you throw him in? After what he did at Wales, no? I mean, he built them up. Yeah, I mean, he was What's linked it? to He was linked to it. When he when he left Wales, wouldn't he? Um, but again, now he's got the 
No, now he's got the Sunderland, but Sunderland relegation. You've got to be. I mean, you've got to be allowed to feel you at Sunderland. <laughs> Everybody feels in Sunderland. Know, at Sunderland, you can't. You can't say what he did at Wales over that period isn't impressive. No, no, certainly, no. certainly wouldn't really. But that's what I'm saying. At least with these guys, you can see, you can point, point to things. To you yeah. can point to Graham Potter and say, okay, right, your argument is he's not done it at a big enough club, but he still has done it over a period of six years. Chris yeah. Coleman did that at Wales. I just think with the Stephen Gerrard thing, it's just there's there's not enough to hang it on other than. Other than this guy was a great player. Okay, well, um, I suppose the question would be, if you look at the in the history of great players that have become managers, yeah. for every Zinedine Zidane who's now reached his third European final in a row, mm-hmm. there is a Tony Adams. So, Scott, do you believe that Rangers are in a position where they can afford to, t- to take that gamble? So, people like me who believe that this is a, a good appointment... Mm. You still have to accept that it is a gamble. There's no doubt this is a gamble. It's a huge gamble. Can, can Rangers take that gamble? Um, or is it, as you say, the absence of any other strong yeah. strong candidates means that they have to take a gamble regardless? Yeah. I think they know... I think Rangers know they can't go out and get a, a big-name manager, no, like a Brendan Rodgers, right? I think they know that. Whether it comes down to money or attracting them in, no, lack of Champions League, whatever it is, they can't go and get uh, a Brendan Rodgers. So they've clearly decided, well, if we can't go and get the big name manager, let's go and get a big name. Uh, no, a big name who might just be the next no, the next big thing. Um, is that a gamble? Yeah, massive. But the board, it was a, it was a huge gamble getting Pedro Cachina and it backfired. But it certainly hasn't put the put the board off they could go and get uh no they could let's face it they could go tomorrow and get a and get a Tommy Wright they could probably go and get a go and get a Jack Ross if they wanted or no they could go and get guys who on the surface would appear a safer bet but they clearly they want they want impact they they clearly think the gap is so big between Celtic and Rangers they need something special to happen. They need a, a real special impact. An energising force. Yes. But that's the problem. I think that is the problem, isn't it? They're just, they're trying to, yeah. you know, cut out that just, the pro- that's the problem is they're aiming for Celtic rather than just get second and then go. Yeah. L- I mean, it's like, we, we it, made the point, I think we've made the point here before, like Celtic, when they were trying to stop Rangers winning nine in a row, you know, they get the Tom, get Tommy Burns because they had a few disasters, you know, your McCarries and Brady's and whoever else. And then Tommy Burns is the guy that just made that. He made the inroad, won the first trophy in however many yeah. years the Scottish Cup, closes the gap. You know, had those two outstanding seasons, and then although Jansen has the impact. Jansen was then the man to take the final step. Although that was probably you wouldn't have expected that. Okay, guys, we're going to move on to some questions from Twitter um, because we have had we've been inundated with questions, so. Um, I'm going to go with the first one with at Jamie Shuttleworth 92. Do you think your beloved Hibs can finish second, Scott? <laughs> oh. <laughs> you, it's every chance. Yeah. I suppose the question would be that's obviously having a dig at me, but. Who, who, well, Saturday's the big one, isn't it? I mean, that's the. Who, if Hibs can go up there and up to Pataudry and win, then you would fancy them. You would you would fancy them against a wounded Rangers on the last day with yeah. a full house Easter Road. Hibs are absolutely flying just yeah. now. I mean, I was at the Celtic game where they were brilliant. Obviously, they then go and beat Kilmarnock, stick five five past them. 
Uh, Neil Lennon's got them got them flying. I mean, they were 8-1 to a few weeks ago to finish second. I think they're only about 3-1 to now. I think there's every chance, and Gav's right. Obviously, that's a, that's a big game against against Aberdeen. But if I had to stick my money on MD in that one, I would be I'd be going for Hibs. I think. Okay, I've got a question from at Bartier Peel, and he says, in the current structure, has it been confirmed who identifies possible signings? I think we do know that. That is, must be Mark Allen. Well, no, I think it's the scouting team ident- bring the bring the names to Mark Allen, and he then filters them. Um, who has the final say? That's the big question. Who has the final say on the names? Is it the manager? Is it Mark Allen? Well, when Graham Murphy was there, it was clearly Mark Allen. I think he was the man that had the final say, yeah? Um, well, Graham Murphy presumably brought in Russell Martin. Yeah, that's what yeah, I was well, going yeah, to say. Okay. There are certain ones, I think. Yeah. No, like but the likes Russ- of Sean Goss and all that and Declan John. I mean, these are guys that yeah, Mark they're, Allen they're, just Those brought. two would have, yeah. been, would have been Mark Allen signings. Russell Martin, you have to think, is a, is a Graham Murphy Scott sign. Arfield, Mark Allen. You would think so. That that this is a problem, Johnny, is that it has never to to my mind anyway, it's never been made clear. No one from Rangers has actually come out and I've spoke to to you about this before. Why someone at Rangers can't come out and actually outline the vision, no, outline the direction that they're going in. What what is going to be Mark Allen's no can I, what, what what is his job? Is it that you just let him go on with players. No, Rangers are in a, no, a bit of a state just now. No manager in place. So does Mark Allen just work behind the back, no, behind the scenes and goes and signs players? Whether it's going to be Steven Gerrard or whoever, is a matter. Is that is that the structure? Is that any manager comes in has to basically take whatever signings Mark Allen has identified through his scouting team, or is it different to that? Is Steven Gerrard speaking to Mark Allen? No, just now, did Graham Murphy do it previously? Where he goes, and it's the manager who identifies. We, we don't, we don't know, and I think that that's a big problem. Mark Allen, I've been critical of him in the past. I don't see any reason he can, uh, no, change my view on that. He hasn't spoken, or he's barely spoken at all. We don't know what the vision is. We don't know what the long-term strategy is. Someone has to come out and tell the and tell the punters. My understanding is that the scouting team looks for a type. So the manager will come up to the director of football and say, "Right, James Tavernier has just been sold to Everton. We need uh, an attacking fullback, but who has better defensive qualities than James Tavernier. So it's not a winger that's been converted. We need a a guy that's got pace. We need a guy that's got positioning, um, and he needs to be of a certain stature. So we're looking for someone over six foot. They'll go away. They'll come back with five names." And then the manager and Mark Allen together will pick that name. That's my understanding. Mm-hmm. I don't. But, but do you think that's genuinely happened with, with Russell Martin, who to me, and I, I might be totally wrong. To me, Russell Martin signing looks like Graham Murphy knows him from Norwich. Mm-hmm. Graham Dorans knows him. No, they can have a word with him. He's out the picture at Norwich. Do you fancy coming up and loan? I mean, that's to me. That's how simple <coughs> that signing is. I think there's that. That one is definitely that. Even Declan John. No, who's been a good signing for Rangers in the main. Again, that strikes me. Mark Allen, he's from Cardiff, he knows the club well. 
no, he's seen that Declan John has become available, so they go and make it happen. I think you're, I think you're probably giving them a bit, a bit too much credit in terms of how how deeply they get into these these signing targets. Okay, that's that, that's the inner hipster in me jumping out, yeah. um, which Gav is laughing championship about. Championship manager, his championship manager, days. So at Rangers banter seventeen has given me a couple of questions. First one for you, Gav. Do you think Dorans has been a flop? For me, he's looked very poor in the last three old firm games now. I oh. suppose, especially given his pedigree. Oh yeah, on Sunday, I mean, he looked like he looked lost. I mean, especially you know his Premier League experience. You know that you expected so much more from him, but yeah, I suppose you have to take into account the injury. Uh, he was out for a, such a long spell with injury, so you need to give him that. And maybe his position as well. He's maybe been played out of position, hasn't he? I mean, we always. He was yeah. regarded as when he was playing for Scotland as a player that would get bomb bombing forward, but he yeah. just he's he's playing in that deeper role, isn't he? And it just doesn't seem to suit yeah. him. I think that's part Listen, of the problem. There's no doubt he's been he hasn't hit the hit the heights or hit the standards you expected. The old firm games, especially the last two, it has been poor. Graham Dorans would say that himself, but I agree with Gav. There's no, you need to look at the circumstances. His first season, he's had a bad injury. He's been into a team, no, so low in confidence, and no, I don't think guys run about him have helped. And also the the position, I agree. I mean, it, it baffles me uh, the reluctance of Graham Murty, uh, Graham Murty just no this refusal to play Graham Dorans any further forward than being a sitting midfielder. You know, just, you know Dorans. He sees himself as a number ten. I don't know if he sees himself as an under. T- I think he sees himself as a kind of box to box midfielder. Um, I don't think he sees himself as a number ten or as a an out and out holding player. But I mean, you, you go to Celtic Park on the day they're going to win the title. You know it's going to be. No, you know you're going to be backs up against the wall for a, for for spells in the game. If ever it was crying out for Rangers to play two. Uh, holding midfielders with Graham Dorans in front of them, then that was the that was the day to do it. I mean, to go with him as one of the sitters beside Jason Holt, and then play Josh Windass, who was anonymous again uh, in front of them. Just, I mean, that was a recipe for disaster for me. Okay, next one is from uh, at Dino PTR. How many of the squad from Sunday will be at Rangers for the start of next season, Gav? Or you don't have to give me a number, but maybe well, some names that you think actually, will be leaving. Actually, the keeper, the keeper did himself uh, no harm at all, so you would keep him, certainly, although if Alan McGregor is coming in, that could spell the end. You could, if you could get money for Wes Fodring, you would take it. Keep uh, Jack Anik as backup for Alan McGregor if he comes, who yeah. else? Uh, Tavernier will probably stay, won't he? Ken Diaz was voted player of the year. I mean, he was hopeless on <coughs> Sunday, but I mean, you'd imagine he will stay. Uh, well, Dorans will stay. There's, there's a long list. There's a long list of names that that won't be there. No, when you get right through yeah. your, would you keep Cummings? Well, they're going, to, sign him? going to pay for him. Yeah. I mean, it's it's over a million, over a million quid if you want to want to keep Jason Cummings. I, I mean, I think there's an agreement in place with Nottingham Forest and Rangers of the first first option, but it's going to be uh, a fair bit over a million a million quid to get him. So again. Who decides? Is it the new manager that comes in and decides whether that's a goer? Does Mark Allen decide without even consulting the, the new manager? We don't know, but I think there's a list there when you get through them. No, Lee Hodson, 
um, Bruno Alves, Fabio Cardoso, Eduardo Herrera, Carlos Peña, no Daltio. I mean, there's there's a there's a list of guys there who you know, no probably won't be there next season. Um, I think there's still some decent. When you talk about Dorans, I don't doubt for a minute there's there's still a player in Graham Dorans and under a good manager. If Rangers are going well, it can be a big asset. From my point of view, I think there's a bit of hysteria going on at the moment. Rightly, because of two terrible, terrible performances yeah. against Rangers' biggest rivals. But I think a good manager will be able to make a team out of Alan McGregor, Declan John, yeah. James Tavernier, yeah. Bruno Alves, Dorans, yeah. Jack, McCrory, um, Candias, Murphy, yeah. Morelos. There's a good yeah. core well, in there. Well, when Rangers won the Scottish Cup semi-final two years ago, if you'd spoken to Celtic fans after that penalty shootout defeat and said, how many of these guys yeah, will be here next season? Exactly. I'm sure Celtic fans would have gone through a lot of them. And you could have thrown in the likes of Tom Rogic. Yeah, Callum McGregor. They would have said Scott Brown's finished. And they would have gone through them and said, that's it. And look, two years on, it's these same players who have won or are on the are on the verge of winning back to back trebles. Listen, I don't I don't think there's any doubt that if Steven Gerrard comes in, the Rangers board will need to back him financially. But I mean, I've seen figures thrown about in social media. I know seventy, eighty million. Chris Commons said fifty to seventy million. I mean, that's no. You don't need seventy million to close the gap to Celtic. You need a. No, you need a good manager, whether that's Gerard or somebody else. You need a good manager to get a hold of them in there somehow and still a bit of belief in them, get them going again and add to it. No, if no, the likes of Kerry Millers and Lee Wallace's might might not be there next season. Whoever comes in is going to need to add big characters into that dressing room to really you no know, get them get them going. So here's one for you, Gav. Um, this is one that, that's been coming up over and over and over again um, in social media. So I think we, we have a duty as members of the Scottish media to address it. Why are the Scottish media so negative about Rangers and Stevie Gerrard? The English media are saying it would be a good move. Why do you think there's a difference? And there is a difference between the pundits down south, mm-hmm. your Ian Wright, uh, Alan Shearer... Uh, Owen Hargreaves and compare them your Chris Sutton's your Chris Commons um. because the, the difference is that a lot of these guys don't know what the situation is in Scottish football I mean they're thinking of Rangers yeah, probably of 30 years ago and said I mean what, what, how did Gary Lanneker describe it last night it would be a lovely week it would be a lo- <laughs> they say it would be a lovely job or it would be a lovely yeah, it would be a lovely yeah. first job hang yeah, on so these guys that's, all these guys also played with Steven Gerrard. They're hardly going to say to him. Yeah. No, no because, that, that, because that's part of the problem. They, they, I think that sums it up the way Gary Lineker described it. Because a lot of these guys used to be thinking, oh, that's great, you know, Steven Gerrard. I'll give him a wee shot up in Scotland. You know, Rangers, Rangers need a manager. Oh, i give him a wee shot just to test himself. Yeah. Whereas we know exactly where Rangers are at this moment in time. We know how big, a, know, job how big a job it is and what is needing done here in the some some people who are entitled to their opinion don't believe that Stephen Gerrard has got what it takes, and that's simply it. That's Scott, it's Scott, it's just it's to, just to just to ask you on this, right? Um, an example would be Neil Lennon, who went in with no experience, and there was very little of this um, coverage in terms of well, he's got no experience because when he was offered the job, yeah. Do, do you think there's been a difference between Lennon when he went in? and the potential for Steven Gerrard to go in now? Maybe. Or is it different? No, maybe, but I suppose the slight difference with Neil Lennon is he's got a history at that club. No, no a legendary player at, 
at Celtic. No, he'd been in there. He's been in there as a coach. No, he knows. He knew all the players. The players that Neil Lennon was taking over at Celtic. He knew them all. He knew the state of the club. He knew the position they were in. No, he knew everything. Knew everything about. So I think that's slightly different to to Stephen Gerrard. Um, listen, I agree. Maybe they're from certain people in our industry. There has been a certain negativity, but all it says it's hard not to be negative about Rangers. You no, know, the way they're playing at the moment. You no, know, what they've done this season. The way the board have conducted themselves in the main. You no, know, things like going for for Derek McInnes, uh, their appointment of Pedro Cachina. It's difficult not to be negative, but I think. Certainly myself, a few others, you no, know, have tried to you no know, have tried to can outline the positives of getting Gerard and I said earlier on I think there are there are big positives and that's what the Rangers board are trying to are trying to hang us on. And from for our industry, Gav, I mean we're desperate well, for us to have Oh absolutely. I mean listen, I'm not disputing that side of it. I mean it's box office um to get a, 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 such a big name, I mean, I think when we did the video on this last week, who did we say? Roy Keane. I suppose you could throw in Ronald De Boer as well. Maybe yeah. the yeah. two two names, two biggest names um, since Gaza. Um, so no, no, he's right up there. I mean, it's great, but again, I, you just worry that that's all short term. You know, it's just it's great for a period. You know, it's like Joey Barton. We loved it when Joey Barton came. Yeah. Oh, that'll be great. There'll be headlines and and it, and it gives you that. And then before you know, it's way back down the road. You know, I just I think what Rangers need is somebody who's going to be a successful manager rather than somebody who's going to sell season tickets and sell shirts for you know for, and get a short term gain from it. That's that's what I think we need to think longer term. Okay, well perhaps Stephen Gerrard will be the man that can do both, but we will see. Time will tell, and uh, we're hoping to bring you news of that over the coming days at thedailyrecord.co.uk and of course our social media channels, Twitter and Facebook. That's going to be all from us today. We'll be back next midweek or maybe earlier. You never know if something does happen. I might be able to persuade Scott to come out of his, uh, come out of his wee shell and do some more. Um, but you never know. We'll see. We'll be back next midweek, though, otherwise, with more news and analysis of all things Rangers. If you want to get in touch with us to continue the debate, you can. I'm on Twitter at Johnny R. McFarlane. Scott is at Scott McDermott 8. And Gav's one, which I can never remember, is at Gavin Berry DR. Don't forget to subscribe at iTunes or our new platform at Acast to get the podcast as soon as it becomes available. And if you liked it, please review and rate us on there too. Thanks for listening.
Fire.